anywhere. WASURadio.com. Download the WASU app or just say Alexa. Play WASU-FM. Originating from the Wayne L. Sumner Studios in the George G. Beasley Media Complex, this is your college, your station, your music. Appalachian State University's 90.5 WASU-FM, Boone. It's off to Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this... Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU. Welcome to another episode of Sports Wrap, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, attorney at law. I'm your host, Lucas Warren, and I am joined every Thursday by David Katzmeyer, Ryan Hendricks, and Riley Carlson. Guys, how are we doing on this Thursday evening? Can't lie. It has been a long, long day. Been running around all day long. Those fall allergies are starting to hit me a little bit, but we're here. I'm very excited to talk some college football. It's been a nice day. We just had our draft for our football game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Can't be more excited. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I just went 1-1 in the in the draft. I wasn't picked last. Riley was the first pick. Let's go. Since we talk about it, yeah, we had a. We're going to be doing a little backyard football game at Kid Brew Stadium. Very serious they always, football uh, game. They they say don't they say don't let the first pick get to your head, but we're both feeling it. It's yeah. there. Yeah. So first pick was Riley. David and I were the team captains. David had the first pick. Riley was chosen first. Cody Bear was chosen second. Uh, and you'll have to go to the WASU YouTube page at some point to see the rest. But for this episode, we have a great episode lined up for you. As always, we'll start by recapping or previewing App State versus Louisiana Monroe coming up this weekend. And then after that, we'll jump into our Pick'em segment, picking college football and NFL games. And then we'll send you into your weekend. David? I just want to say one more thing about the draft real quick before we move off of it. Yeah. Riley's stat line is going to be better than Bryce Young's stat line from his first career. The first overall pick... In the NFL draft this year. And I'm very confident in saying that Riley Carlson will be a better backyard quarterback than Bryce Young will be an NFL quarterback. I uh, I will personal, personally mess up on purpose so That's that good. doesn't happen. Not the same. <laughs> so it's not true. Make sure. <laughs> well, I'm going to put it out there now. I'm going to have a touchdown on both defense and offense. So just throwing that wow. out there now. I think he's your real peppers, though. But we, before we jump into our exciting episode Thursday sports wrap. We have to go over all things App State Athletics in the Mountaineer Minute. Continuing a three-game road trip, the App State Mountaineers will head to Mount Pleasant, Michigan for a two-game swing where they will face the Central Michigan Chippewas on Friday uh, and the Linwood Lions on Saturday. First touch against Central Michigan is set for noon, while Saturday's matchup against Linwood is scheduled for 11 a.m. Friday's game will be streamed on Chippewas All Axis. App State looks to remain unbeaten at home in Sunbelt play this season as they face off with Georgia Southern Friday at 5.30 p.m. at the Valley. It's pups at the pitch night, and all fans are encouraged to have their furry friends join them at the match. The contest will be 
broadcast on ESPN. And to close us out, the App State volleyball team is headed to Conway, South Carolina for a pair of matches against Coastal Carolina on Friday and Saturday in the HTE Center. Friday's match is slated for 6 p.m. and Saturday's set for 1 p.m. Both will be available to stream on ESPN+. Don't go anywhere. We're taking a short break. When we return, we will preview App State versus ULM. You're listening to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU. Appalachian State University's Schaefer Center Presents series features country soul Americana singer Yola, Irish fiddlers Natalie McMaster and Donnell Leahy, R&B gospel singer Mavis Staples, and banjoist Bela Fleck with Zakir Hussein, Edgar Meyer, and Rakesh Chareza. Information at 800-841-ARTS or theschafercenter.org. The Career Development Center is pleased to offer the Internship and Job Fair, the university's largest and most comprehensive recruitment event of the year. Wednesday, September 21st, from 12 to 3 p.m. in the Holmes Convocation Center. This event is designed for students of all majors, skill levels, and class levels seeking jobs and internships, opportunities for networking, and exploration in fields that interest you. The Career Development Center Job Fair, Wednesday, September 21st. The Watauga County Farmer's Market is now open every Saturday morning through November. This year, the Watauga County Farmer's Market has extended its open hours until 1 p.m. Boone's Town Square since 1974, this 100% producer-only market offers local produce, meats, flowers, and crafts, plus live music, food trucks, and cooking demonstrations. Open every Saturday at 8 a.m. and now open until 1 p.m. Located on the Horn in the West Drive in Boone. You're on the radio. <laughs> Two weeks Second in a row. Yeah. Week. <laughs> Riley is hot mic on the exact Riley's same song. Crazy. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of Sports Wrap on 90.5 WACU, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, Attorneys at Law. When are you going to drop a mixtape, Riley? I mean, you keep keep spitting on the mic. Yeah. I, I think I'm focused on my play Coming soon. on Friday okay. more than I'm focused on my mixtape. It'll be out soon. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Priorities Super Bowl win. are in check. We have a game this weekend after a disappointing showing on the road in Wyoming last week. The Mountaineers have another tough road test as they kick off conference play in Malone Stadium versus the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. We talked in detail about the Wyoming game last week. We aired out a lot of our frustrations. So what is one thing you would like to see from App State in this game? I would like to see App State's play calling maybe be a little bit more specific and simplistic. Some of the things, just like the impromptu triple option that didn't work very well last week on a couple different attempts, it's just something like that at the moment isn't what I want to see from this offense. It, it almost feels like, from my perspective, we went from you know e- or working a new quarterback into the system to the playbook has been getting more developed every week, and it almost seems like... We took a little bit of a step back last week because of some of the play calling. So 
I'm calling out that triple option specifically here. We know it didn't work. I'm going to be surprised if we see it again. I just want to see something similar to the offense we saw against ECU, especially in that second half, as there are a lot of similarities between this UL Monroe team with their attack being more rushing-based with the mediocre quarterback play, just like ECU. Secondly, I want to see more of Kanye Roberts in um, in this game as running back two if Amani Marshall if uh, excuse me, if Amani Marshall isn't playing, Kanye was our most explosive running back last week. Besides Nate Noel, he got six carries as um, compared to Mikel Haywood, who got eight. I just want to see Kanye, if Marshall's not in the game, be that running back too, because his explosion right now. I know he had the one mistake against ECU in the second half with the fumble. But his explosion and his addition to this team is the running back, too, can't be denied at this point. You know, what I want to see from the Mountaineers this week, I'm supposed to see us stretch the field a bit more vertically because maybe it's just me. I'm a bit tired of us throwing it all the way to the sideline just for us to get, like, two yards because the defense is already caught up by then. And maybe it'd work better. So maybe it's more of a Joey thing, which, again, towards our next question. But... If you're going to wait two seconds, look downfield and throw it to the sideline, your guys are not going to be able to make a play majority of the time. So I just want to see if maybe it's more comparable to how we played against UNC and not so much just the jump balls, but just getting guys stretched on the field vertically. Because I know we have the talent, too. Kater Robinson can go deep. Deshaun Davis can go deep. And Joey, most of the time, is pretty good on the deep ball. But I just I really want to see us be able to play more vertical than horizontally this week. Yeah, I mean, how many, like, this is just a question here like how many of us really like the triple option like what do y'all think Ooh, of it uh i mean if you're running it like georgia state <laughs> i love it but <laughs> not like us <laughs> not like us but I'm, yeah. yeah i'm talking about for us yeah like not like i mean it's one I'm of those like, things like there's a reason they run it at military schools because it's one of those things you just have to drill into a person like <laughs> yeah, you have yeah, to, in, to yeah. get to the point where it's like reading that as a quarterback is like the back of your hand like you're just reading and reacting and it's hard that we saw it it's hard to implement it on the fly like navy the reason it works for like navy army air force it's all they do they don't do anything else so it's like that's all that's their bread and butter but you know and we try to implement it game time against wyoming two of those are two of the worst plays of the game and it's such an interesting play to put in the middle of a concept especially when and i know we're we're only there once or twice a week for practice we don't see everything behind the scenes but it's interesting that we really didn't see a look of that and then that was the game time decision play considering its complexity with its execution we we line up in that formation a lot though mm-hmm. i feel like we just don't really run a lot of triple triple option mm-hmm. out of it um, but yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I was at practice on Tuesday, and I, I didn't see us run that play. Like, I did not see us run triple option once. Mm. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, obviously, I was on practice on Tuesday. I don't know what that means. You know what I'm saying? It's like they could have had that in the game plan the whole week, you know. But still, I just thought it was a little weird. But uh, yeah, what I'm looking forward, what is one thing I'd like to see from App State in this game is just a win. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, there's not like one particular thing that I'm looking for. It's just we need to get our heads screwed on straight, and I think this is a good game to bounce back. Yeah, I, I don't have any specific thing. Uh, I guess the thing I wanted to look at. Wait, I'm looking at the wrong notes. These are Wednesday's notes. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this I didn't have a specific thing. I had a person I want to focus on. Uh, how do you guys feel about Milan Tucker this year? I just every time I've seen that guy in the field, I've liked what I've seen. I I've loved every second of Milan Tucker being on the whether that's with the kick unit, whether that's these kind that of corner, jet sweeps. Yeah. I, like I know some mm-hmm. of the, I know the jet sweeps haven't always worked always out this that. season, but kind of similar to Kanye Roberts, he just has an explosive energy to him that 
I really, I really like for this offense. Yeah, some guys are just able to step in, add that instant spark, and you said Milan and Connie are just those guys. You got to get them in just at least a few times a game. Yeah, I mean. Milan, his stats wouldn't jump off the page, and you said it. Uh, he he's played cornerback. He played. He was on the defensive end last year. Now he switched to the offensive end. He's a wide receiver. Uh, he's not a starting wide receiver, but through he didn't get a catch in Gardner Webb, but against Gardner Webb, but in the three games against UNC, ECU, and uh, Wyoming, he has nine receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown, averaging a little under 13 yards per catch. I mean, the big thing with Milan is I feel like he has great hands. Uh, I feel like he's just a very smart veteran player. He knows where to sit in zones. He's always open. And he has that big playability. He's a punt returner, and he's one of the best punt returners in the country, and that's not hyperbole. He was an All-American last year. And the reason I bring him up is because there's another wide receiver in this, and I don't want to bash anyone. I've never been a fan of Deshaun Davis. And it's... Nothing, I, I understand why you have a guy like that. You need someone that stretches the defense. But I, I feel say, like yeah, he's pretty speedy. He is, but he's five nine, and Milan's five eleven, and Milan also has that big playability. And it's nice if you get open because you're fast. But it'd also be nice if you had arms that weren't the size of T Rex arms and couldn't reach for any ball over your head. That was a little mean, but I. It's just happened. Did you have that one written down in the book? <laughs> I did. Like, were you reading that? that? No. <laughs> it's not in there. That was off the dome. But my notes. That was off the dome. My my notes are very small, doesn't have the best hands. Because he okay. doesn't. He doesn't make contested catches. And I think we saw some of that against Wyoming to your extent on the hands portion. There was a big drop on the, I believe it was the second drive of the game that was a little out route that really Deshaun should have caught. He wasn't able to hold on to it. I like him in moments. I really do. Bringing somebody speedy onto the field whose height isn't going to matter too much, trying to work him into a design screen or Similar plays like that to really allow him to fit into his skill set the best. That's where I like him the most. I don't love watching him streak down the field. I don't love seeing him eclipse the secondary super often. I think Milan Tucker is a better option for that. But I don't want to discount his skill and his ability to where he's gotten to this point. I just think that App State needs to utilize his skill set a little better. I think I, I, yeah. Tucker, though, Tucker can do the same thing that... Davis can do. Mm-hmm. Davis is probably faster. Like, straight like, line yeah, speed, faster, Davis I'm, is faster. I'm saying down. Tucker can do that, yeah, though. No, that, no, that, no, he can. And that's someone... Right. I, I, I'm with Lucas here. That's someone you can trust more than Davis, in my opinion. Just, be, just being on the field in general, you want... I think Tucker should be up there in, on the depth chart. No, I, I think David said it perfectly there, where it's like, I'm not trying to bash Davis as a player. He's incredibly... You he can he be a game-breaking arms. player. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did say he has T-Rex arms. Um, so maybe I <laughs> you did kind of but, Sounds like bashing. But I, I mean, for what we do, like, because David said it, He once we have him run these long routes, like these long-developing vertical routes, he just gets swallowed up in the secondary, mm-hmm. and he's so small that it's hard. Like, you saw it last year at Chase Bryce. He's one of the best... He's probably the best thrower we've ever had in App State history. Could not complete a pass to Bryce, the, D- Deshaun Davis to save his life. And... The big thing is it's just these games just are so variant. So, like, this year he has he had three catches for 36 yards against Gardner-Webb and then four catches for 27 yards against Wyoming, no catches against ECU. Then he has seven receptions for 117 yards against UNC and a touchdown. And it's just, it's just so unreliable. Like, you just don't know. I, I just... For what we're putting him in, I feel like someone like Milan Tucker would have a lot more production in that slot role. I'd like to see the catch rate on that, too. And the offensive, like, the way we were playing on offense the th- in general, like the schemes that we had set up, like maybe we just couldn't take a deep shot. The other thing is on the season, he has 10 more targets than hmm. Milan Tucker, but he has Milan Tucker only has five less receptions and about 60 less yards. 
and one last touchdown. But that's on way, like Davis is way more involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if you gave them equal production, I'd like to see what Milan does. But yeah, because you're not trying to dial up a deep play every single play. Like, and Milan's that guy. I don't think he ha- like he's the guy who we saw it against UNC a bunch of times. He's so good at sitting in like a zone, like not deep plays, but just five, six yard hitch routes and then finding the sweet spot in that zone and just sitting, making yourself available for a quarterback. Um, but looking at the quarterback, Joey Aguilar probably had his worst performance as a starter last week versus Wyoming. With Berger getting healthy soon, what does Joey Aguilar need to show you to stay the starter and what does he need to avoid to not get benched? In my mind, Joey is still our starter and the only way that he loses this is if he performs at his absolute worst of the season. And I mean... Much worse than Wyoming. There were a lot of decision makings, a lot of poor decisions made, but it still showed us that he can be reliable and he can make big plays when we need him to. So better than I think many of us expected, especially in that backup role coming into a Gardner-Webb game that we were a little bit frightful we wouldn't escape from. And he's able to come in, and he's cool, he's calm, he's collected. I, the, those three C's, I just keep coming back to him with Joey because that's just the, that's the energy that I feel from him, even after this poor performance in Wyoming. I'm still on board with him right now as our starter. Now, with that being said, I would like to see Berger, when he's dressed for the game, presumably next week, get some kind of playing time. It's a, if, it is a, if it is a dead close game, no. And that's going to be against Coastal on a Tuesday night which is an entire other conversation, but getting Ryan Berger, we got to see what he is at some point this year. It doesn't have to be in the Coastal game, but if you're down the road a couple games, Joey's still playing up to par with where he was for the first three games we saw him in, and we're up big. I want to see Ryan Berger because I want to see what he has to get. We really we got a sample size. We never got to see a full game out of him. We never got to see when he got settled after the adjustments, you know, soaking in that first half, getting to talk during halftime, coming back out in that second half. What adjustments can he make? I want to see him again. But for me, Joey Aguilar has to mess up pretty badly for us to really consider this conversation. And I do want to point this out as well, just for everybody listening. Uh, He was not dressed in pads at practice yesterday, doing a lot of sprints, so I don't believe he'll be dressed for this game. He wasn't taking any kind of throwing reps. The only throwing he was doing was with a small foam ball, and he was running with a a full-size ball. So don't think we'll have an option to see him this week. I think David Hernandez and Mason McHugh will still be our two and three. But going forwards, it's a conversation that I really don't want to have to have unless we absolutely have to have it. Yeah, I'm with you there. David, I don't see Berger being able to get what you just said any playing time soon, though. Just because of that Coastal game, I truthfully expect it to be very close. So I just don't think there's going to be an impasse for him to be game. able to get into the game. Maybe when we play Old Dominion on the 21st of October, we might be able to see him get in some that game. I don't know. Old Dominion's nice. They're all, they're, they're all right now. No, back, slow down now. But, um, but to touch on Joey. <laughs> that nice. <laughs> yeah, but, but to touch on Joey, I really. They're, they're I, underrated this year. I want to see him, I want to see him quicken up the decision making a little bit because, Lucas, we were watching film the other day, and there's sometimes the play's open, but he just waits too long. And I don't, that's just a mental lapse thing for him right now. And if he's still just kind of maybe just getting a bit more warmed up to our offense and maybe it's just like as we said game i hate game time adjustments like right before like decided we're going to go with the triple option after and of course we only go there two days a week so maybe they did practice it but oh it just it just really frustrates me to see stuff like that happen but 
Joey, I still want to see the confidence there. I don't want to see him start to become timid out there at all. I still want him to be very decisive in what he's doing. I just want to speed it up just a little bit, and I think it's going to take our offense a long way. Actually, you know, I'll give my opinion on Old Dominion after the next two games because they play Marshall and Southern Miss. I feel like those are big, two big Marshall might awesome. be the best team in the Sun Belt. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, th- those are two big tests. But they looked really good against Wake, and they beat Louisiana. I don't know. Anyways, that's, that's the point. Um, I think – hold on. Hold on. Yeah, Aguilar. Anyways, that's – I got like ADHD <laughs> over here. Um, I think Aguilar like played fine. I think it's kind of a ridiculous question because Aguilar – in my opinion, did not lose us the game. Like, he didn't show me anything where it's like, you know what, you got to take him out and, and think about another play, put, like putting in Berger or another quarterback in. Like, just roll with him because until he loses us a game, that's when you can have a conversation. But he's just managing. And at this point, that's all you can really ask of a quarterback for us. And I, I just think until he ab- absolutely like just messes up a game, and it's like, you know what, this was on Aguilar. There's no point in having this conversation. I guess you can say the game wasn't on Aguilar, but I definitely can't say he won us that last game, and he definitely didn't do anything. He, he contributed to the loss in some ways. Like You could look at two different possible touchdowns in the red zone. One of them, he just throws low. It's a wide-open Christian Horn, and his pass gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Maybe that's not his fault. Maybe it's just a great play by a defensive lineman. The third time we were in the red zone, and I talked about it with the guys on the Thursday sports wrap, Nate Noel's wide open on a slant, or Tuesday sports trap, yeah. Um, Nate Noel's wide open on a slant going into the end zone, would have walked in the end zone. He just doesn't make the throw and he gets sacked. And then he also throws the pick at the end of the game. The pick was. No, we no run you a, can't count that. I mean, you can. There's like five the seconds pick. left in the game. Yeah, but it, we could have kicked a field goal. <laughs> like, it, it's not good awareness on his part to just lob that ball. How do you. Like, he should have yeah, seen pre snap. They That's have true. nine true. guys at the line. I'm in a position where he can kick a field goal. I'm not. I don't blame him. Completely yeah, and, yeah, for it, but like he could really, have done like, something else. Not just a very decisive throw either. Just kind of just. Yeah, I mean, it it, he definitely could have made a better play. But the big thing I look at is, I mean, obviously there's the three picks in the last three games since Gardner Webb. But since Gardner Webb, he was 84 percent against Gardner Webb. Since then, he's completing just 55 percent of his passes. The big thing is he just needs to be more accurate. I just think he's it, it's stuff that's teachable. But this is a guy who came up in the JUCO world, has never really played high level college ball. I think he's just a little too impatient right now. I think he looks for the big play a lot of the time. He doesn't really like taking checkdowns and just playing a long, like playing within the offense, but pl- being willing to take those long drives. I feel like sometimes he s- tries to go too deep with the ball too early, just wants to make those big plays. I feel like it's definitely teachable stuff, but the big thing I'm saying is be more accurate with short passes and have a better balance between deep and short passes. Keep the defense more honest. And I just think overall, just make the easy play a lot of the time. You don't have to make a hero play a lot of time. I feel like Joey, for better or worse, has that in him a little bit where he wants to be the hero of the team and kind of puts the team on his back at times. So I, I honestly don't feel like the quarterback play has been great the last three weeks. I think it's been pretty... The run game, I feel like, has carried this offense, and he's done enough against some not great teams. I wouldn't be surprised if a bad performance comes in conference play and we revisit this question, even if I don't want to do it. But jumping ahead, uh, so I am lost. 
Okay. <laughs> the secondary of this Welcome defense back. has been very successful so far this season, especially last week holding the Cowboys to just 31 yards passing on five completed passes. The rushing defense, however, was has left a lot to be desired, allowing Wyoming to gash them again, just like UNC with big runs. Do you think these problems in our rushing defense are fixable? And just overall, how would you like to see this defense perform against ULM? I do think that this rush defense is fixable, and for the most part, they've only given up one really big run in three halves of football. They held ECU to 42 total yards in the second half of that game, and against Wyoming, if you take the big 75-yard touchdown run out of it, they're averaging 3.7 runs per carry, which still isn't the greatest. You want to be lowering that a little bit. If a team can run on you and they're averaging enough to pick up a first down on third down every single time, you want to be able to improve on that. But to me, I've already seen some of these pieces that were really missing in the first two weeks starting to come together really in that linebacker spot. That second level did a lot better of a job against Wyoming. We saw the one big run pushing that out of contention and conversation. The same thing we saw it with O'Marion Hampton, similar play design, not the exact same, but similar. And, you know, breaking off on a big run, there's only really one layer in the back that's stopping a running back from breaking free through the secondary. And we didn't have anybody there. We weren't able to do it. And so Whaley was able to escape for that 75-yard touchdown run. But in general, the last three halves of, the, of football for this team has has been phenomenal. The corners have done everything that they've needed to do. The pressure they got last week was... I mean, it was suffocating for Andrew Peasley. There's a reason that he only had 31 passing yards. And yes, it's credit to the secondary, but it's also credit to that pressure up front because they got home on Andrew Peasley. He didn't have a lot of time to do much. When he did, he had to roll out of the pocket. He had to scramble. He had to tuck or he had to fire it away. So for me, this defense, I'm loving what I'm seeing here. And I do think they will make proper adjustments. I, I think 3.7 yards per carry goes down this week. I really do. It's going to be tough considering that's really what they do. They run the rock. But this defense, they looked really good against Wyoming. I came away really impressed from what I saw, especially considering how much we kind of talked up their run game. And while they, did, they didn't beat us on the ground totally, they beat us on the one touchdown, I felt really confident with everything else that we saw. Yeah, I think this defense is right there. And I definitely think this stuff's fixable because if we really look at that Wyoming play, they they did it perfectly. They blocked everybody they were supposed to, and it went right through. That's just them drawing it up perfectly how you execute it on offense. It's not really a defensive thing. We're just because it's not. And as Davis said a minute a minute ago, we played really good against Wyoming, and I don't want to have a full change. Of our, oh, did I say offensively? No, no, you just said you in just general. Said. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, okay, yeah, but can we did not. For the Wyoming, I just guys, really we played to... phenomenal against Wyoming. What you <laughs> say? No, our offense or not, but yeah, but that defense, I don't want to have a full change on the defense just for us to get gashed this week because I think we're right there. Not too much has to be changed for this one. Hunter Smith is a very good running back for ULM, so we're gonna have to watch out. But I think if we play like we did against Wyoming and ECU, we're going to be fine if we just don't get caught with that big play, and maybe that bring the safeties down just a little bit to make sure they don't get caught just backing up and get blocked. But I, I really don't want to see too big of a change because I think we're right there. Um, yeah, I mean, this is – I know we were talking about the defense here, but just to, like, talk about how we played against Wyoming just because we were just talking about it a second ago, I do think, like, the offense did, didn't look that bad in general. Like, it, it, like, I know, like, I know you want to blame it on the offense here because the defense obviously had a pretty good game. But, I mean, they had that one drive where it's, like – you go ninety five yard almost ninety five yards to get a field goal right like i 
Um, they start on their you own five yard line. The problem <laughs> yeah. is, yeah, but the problem is, you just can't like it's just not converting in the red zone. That's mm-hmm. what's so frustrating. Like if you convert once in the red zone to get a touchdown, you're not even talking about like you win the game. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't, if you just don't get your field goal blocked at the end of the game in return <laughs> or for a that touchdown, too. None of that matters, yeah, it's yeah. like you should definitely win this game. So just a, little, a series of unfortunate events, and I think you know some questionable co- like coaching decisions as well. You just kind of lost us the game, but that's besides the point. Um, I think with the with the running with the running game, I think if you limit the big runs, I, I think we actually have a pretty good run defense because for the most part, teams kill us on like huge seventy yard runs, and other than that, like we're we're pretty stout. So that that yards per carry is definitely going to go up, but I, I feel like it it's it looks worse than it actually is on paper. I agreed with you all after the UNC game. I wrote off that 175-yard or 68-yard Omarion Hampton run as just the worst call for that specific run and perfect blocking and execution from the UNC offense. But then it happened again. And it's just you don't see it happen. And when it continues to happen, that's when you see as it see it being a problem. So against UNC, the 68-yard run. And that's my main problem, the long runs. Against ECU, they had two runs of plus 25 yards and then also a 19-yard touchdown run. And then against Wyoming, they had the long 75-yard run. But then they also had another run of 26 yards. It's not that our defense is our run defense is bad for the most part we're good but if you're not consistent like if you're getting one play huge chunks every game then it doesn't matter if you're good on most possessions if you're giving up those big plays at least once a game and the big thing i see is i think our secondary is so good we can put more pressure on them a little bit like we're still running a kind of balanced offense and at times we don't i don't think we have enough guys up front in the box when we have such a good secondary i think we should put the pressure on the offense tell them look we're going to give you single coverage across the board. Try to beat our guys one-on-one. I like our, I like Jordan Favors. I like Johnson. I like Nick Ross. All in man coverage. I think they play great defense on the ball. They make t- catches hard for wide receivers. And I just think if we loaded up the box more, really put pressure on offenses, told them, hey, we are going to settle it on the run, try to beat us in the pass, I, I think our defense would be well served to be aggressive like that. And what if they showed so far that makes you think they can't do that? Nothing. Yeah. This defense so far, especially the secondary, I know I brushed over it in this Wyoming game, but apart from that front attack, there was no one to throw to. I mean, receivers couldn't get open. And they held Drake May to just over 200 passing yards. And I don't care if you are just trying to play pass prevent. Considering what we've seen from Drake May over the last few weeks, especially last week against Pitt, that is phenomenal. That is exceptional. And... I like what you're saying. I agree. I think that we give them more free reign. I think we bring that second level up a little bit. I like to bring that pressure. It's kind of what I was hoping we'd see against ECU. We really load the box. We stack it. We bring five, maybe maybe a couple um, edge rushers along the way as well. But I really like to see this defense give faith to that secondary and really focus up on the attack until we're beat, until we're beat bad yeah. and we're gashed. Then I think we just let the secondary cook because they're already doing it. No, if we get a team that, you know, starts airing it out on us, is beating us deep, then yeah, we go back to a more conservative defensive plan. But I just look at it like in that ECU game, for example, like the few times they had life, it was on runs. And if for a lot of teams in college football, they lean on the run game because it's just there's not that many great quarterbacks. And a lot of the teams we play are going to lean on the run game. If you stymie that part of the game and you force these young quarterbacks into third and long situations against big pass rushes and then you 
it doesn't like even if you don't have a lot of protection or a lot of people in the secondary back there, it's just you have so much momentum and you have the pressure on the offense to get eight plus yards on third down. I just think if we keep them in those third and long situations instead of third and shorts, I just like our secondary's chances in those situations. But final part of this segment, App State enters the game. Sorry, no, 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 no. Go ahead. You sure? I, th- I well, thought I David had something to say. I was say. just going to continue. I just have one more thing off your point. Yeah, no, no, you're good. It. That's my bad. Um, I just wanted to say, look at the game plan that ECU had to bring to us. They had to put in their primary passing quarterback. They had to take their run guy out. They had to put in a primary passing quarterback in Alex Flynn, who really hasn't gotten a ton of playing time as a starter this year. First start he had. They go down the field on that scripted drive. They're throwing the ball. They're feeling confident in throwing the ball. And then they can't do anything else through the air for the rest of the game because our guys figured it out. They picked it up and they got it. Even that, and I'm not, you know, going to discredit Alex Flynn. Well, I am a little bit because he's not that good of a quarterback. But no, <laughs> this defense still did what they were supposed to do. They made that adjustment. They were able to get right back up on the high horse after giving up a couple ten plus yard completions on that scripted drive versus ECU and really locked them down the rest of the game. And you want to know what's awesome, David? ULM's quarterbacks aren't very good either. Yeah. That'll bring us right into our next question. App State enters the game as a 13.5-point favorite on the road. With a very dis- disappointing performance last week, do you think App State gets their first Sun Belt win of the year, and do they cover? Would anybody like to take a guess how many days it's been since App State won a road game? Oh, my God. Over a year. Actual, actual, what was our road record last actual year? Actual days. Three hundred and eighty-three days. We didn't win a road game in Sunbelt play last year. That's embarrassing. That's awful. But guys, I said it last week with a lot of confidence that the Wyoming game was our chance to kind of put our foot on the pedal and to prove something. We weren't able to come out of there with a win. But we can bounce back pretty heavy here. Covering the spread, getting a road victory, getting that first Sunbelt win out of the way is absolutely crucial. And I want to take a quote here from the preview uh, on App State's website talking about so the season so far, the preview for this upcoming Sunbelt season. And Sean Clark said, look, we've told him, listen, you're two or three plays away from being 4-0. And whether or not you are really frustrated as a fan because of how last week went, that is completely right. They really are one or two way, one or two plays away from winning that Wyoming game. They're one or two plays away from winning that game against UNC. And then they're sitting 4-0. But this is a check. I don't mind the losses we've taken. Obviously, you don't want to lose to Wyoming. That was a brutal loss. But it is, it's a reality check. We're back. I still have a ton of confidence in this team. This defense really has shown a spark within the last three halves of football that makes me so confident in saying that we're going to go in that building in Louisiana. We're going to cover. We're going to walk away with the win, and this team's going to be holding their heads high back on the plane to Boone on Saturday night. We're back, baby. We are back. Oh, yeah. We're going to boat is, race them. This is, that's, what, hey, that's what I was getting ready to say. This is the week. It's going to get my stamp, the boat race stamp. This is the week we're going to be Ryan's boat race stamp of the week. <laughs> is that the boat race sound? All right, so yeah, that was gonna, good. I think it sounded recorded. <laughs> the last time we played ULM was in 2021. They came here to Kibber. We beat them 59-28. to 28. 
it's going to be like that again. These boys are going to have a different fire lit under them after last week. We were we were a better team than Wyoming. I think that's fair to say. We ended up losing that game because of mistakes on our own end. But but through majority of that game, we were better. We played better. We looked better on the field. We are a lot better team than ULM, and I think we're going to show it this week. We're going to show that we're still one of the best teams in the Sun Belt, and we're going to make an example of ULM and win this week. Yeah, I, I think we cover. I think we win. I'm really not scared of ULM at all whatsoever. So I got to win. And honestly, like you can take these first four games and just scrap them because it's just like the preseason. Like we're going for a Sun Belt championship, right? And so this is the first. You got to have that O and O mentality. Like this is the first game of a new Sun Belt season. So that you just go in there, forget the past, and just play like you own the Sun Belt. Cody. Bear down bet, do you think App State covers? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 13 so, and a half. Bear down guarantee App State covers. It is a lot. 13 and a half. Don't poke spread. the bear. Don't poke the bear, uh, especially when it comes to Taylor Swift knowledge. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm i a little less confident. Than you guys. Look, on paper, 100% we should cover the spread and just boat race these guys. Uh, I mean, I, I brought up the numbers for the quarterback. I don't even feel like I need to read them. Uh, one quarterback is under 50% passing. under five, Both quarterbacks are under five yards yeah, per play. Uh, and there's been one touchdown thrown between the two of them and two interceptions. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a mess in the quarterback department for ULM. But the running backs have been pretty good. Hunter Smith, 22 carries, 220 yards, two touchdowns, 10 yards per carry. And Isaiah Woolard, 30 carries, 185 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to establish the run and then maybe hit some play-action passes. We really should be able to stop them. Uh, Defensively, they haven't looked great. I think we should be able to run all over them. And I don't even think we really have to pass. Like I don't think we'll have to be explosive on offense to beat this team. But we just have to take care of business, really. We just have to beat a team that's not as good as us. I think we sell out on the run, make them make one of those uh, quarterbacks try to beat us with their arm, and I don't think they'll be able to in any way. I would take the cover, but I would not feel great about it. I'd be a little scared. But that'll do it for the App State versus ULM preview. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to pick some football games, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU. Eggers Law Firm is a full-service law firm right in the heart of Boone on King Street that attends to matters from business to traffic. They focus on legal services to Watauga County and are fourth-generation Apple alum serving since 1950. For more information or legal services, you can contact Eggers Law Firm at 828-264-3601. Appalachian State University's The Schaefer Center presents series Welcome six-time Grammy Award nominee Yola on her Stand For Myself tour. The British singer-songwriter weaves together elements of country, pop, soul, Americana, and gospel. This is a one-night-only event. Yola, Friday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Call 800-841-ARTS or visit theschafercenter.org. Appalachian State University's Schaefer Center Presents series features country soul Americana singer Yola, Irish fiddlers Natalie McMaster and Donnell Leahy, R&B gospel singer Mavis Staples, and banjoist Bela Fleck with Zakir Hussein, Edgar Meyer, and Rakesh Chareza. Information at 800-841-ARTS or theschafercenter.org.
Welcome back to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU. And we are about to enter our final segment of the day, the Pig'em segment, everybody's favorite segment. Pick four college games, four NFL games, and we keep a running score. Update from last week, David stays in the lead. He went 6-2 and two. Uh, last week. He's at 25-9. and nine. Riley also... Went six and two. He's at twenty three and eleven. Ryan five and three. Twenty three and eleven. And I went five and three as well. Twenty two and twelve. So I am in last, but still, I'm still right in striking range. I'm feeling good. I'm three games behind David, Ryan, and Riley. You guys are tied up in the middle. But we have four new games to pick in college and four new games to pick in the NFL. So system kind of looking like a joke as of recent. The system is right where we want to be, actually. Uh, but you, you'll see that at the end of the season. But first game on the slate, the Utah Utes are traveling to Oregon State to take on the Beavers. Oregon State suffered their first loss of the season last week to Washington State. Utah still undefeated, but still waiting on quarterback Cam Rising to come back. David, who do you got in this one? Apart from the first play of the season, which was a Nate Johnson, forget if it was 60, 70-yard touchdown pass against Florida, Utah wins that game, this offense has really mostly been undesirable without Cam Rising and Nate Johnson as the starter. It's not a real big dig. Obviously, you back up quarterbacks. They've been kind of rotating in and around, but Utah's offense, especially last week, it looked like an issue, and you're heading into an Oregon State team who just took a really tough loss to Washington State, which really kind of was one of the sleeper games of the week last week. But this is where Oregon State can make a statement. Utah's defense is one of the best in the country, and we know it. And if you look at Oregon State's quarterback, Clemson transfer, DJ, somebody finish for me. Uwe Ungle. Yeah, you look at DJ. Uwe Ungle. Is be, it really that? I think we are close. I'll be, I'll be completely Ungle. honest, and this is no disrespect to the guy, but I've never been able to say it, so I always just call him DJ Ukulele. Okay. Yeah, I so, don't know. Anyways, so far this year... He hasn't had the best stats I think Oregon State fans have been looking for. He's at a 57.8% completion rate. He's averaging eight yards per throw, seven touchdowns and three interceptions. But a lot of that production has been on the ground with Damian Martinez. So far this year, 57 carries for 432 yards, averaging 7.6 yards per rush. I think that gets to Utah. This is another low-scoring game, but I really do think that Oregon State at home is able to punch a statement here against a Utah team and keep their hopes alive for the Pac-12. Yeah, it was a very tough loss last week for Oregon State, who really just have dreams of being able to win the Pac-12 this year. They believe that they're them. Uh, DJ, I'm not going to say his last name either. Uya Ungale. There we go. Ungale. He's going to have a tough time against Utah, but... I think I'm agreeing with David here. This Utah offense has not looked good through the start of this year, especially last week at home versus UCLA, only scoring 14 points. And you had to struggle in the fourth quarter to come away with that game. So I think at home, Friday night, things get wild. In Cornelius, Oregon, I think Oregon State's going to pull off the upset here, keep their dreams alive. Not because of DJ, but Damian Martinez, really underrated running back. Give me the beeves. Yeah, Utah and Oregon State is a very intriguing matchup to me, but I have Utah here just because I I don't really like Utah first of all looks pretty good, but I don't really believe in DJ that much. I think he's he's had a great start to the year, right? 
Ui Ungalele. Ui I think it's crazy how he's been around for this long and still not Okay, let's try to say it. It's like five I years. have the pronunciation <laughs> up. Let's try it. U U E E Ung Ung La La Lay Lay Ui Ungalele. Ukulele. Yeah, I feel like, what's it from Caddyshack? It's like. I've never seen that? Caddyshack. You've never seen Caddyshack? Isn't that a sick mouse? There's no way you haven't seen Caddyshack. I'm sorry to go on a tangent, but there's no way. Lucas, you're you're, you're becoming an avid golfer. You've got to watch Caddyshack. Yeah. I, I, you want to talk about Gunga, Gunga, Galunga? Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking right yes, now. Yes, Lucas, this is a sick mouse. It's like a translucent apple mouse for everybody who's listening at home. I feel like it and definitely doesn't work, great though. Show. Let's talk about Caddyshack <laughs> and apple mouses. This just turned into the morning or the, <laughs> the, the morning afternoon. App. But I really don't think, like, what's the, like, what's the, what's the actual... Like use of this mouse, like like we can't break down we can't break down the mouse. Okay, rather you pick, you're picking Utah. <laughs> Over under, how many essay pages am I writing with this mouse right here? Uh, four and a half. But anyways, in an hour. Under. That's besides the point. Um, I got Utah here. I think he DJ, whatever his last name is, is he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. He's got three interceptions in the last two games where he's playing very good in the first couple games. I think. Uh, I think he's definitely coming back down to earth just a little bit. And he's going to start playing more like he did at Clemson. Yeah. Uh, DJ Uia, Ui Ungalale versus San Diego's San Jose State had was 22 for 20, 20 for 25, 239 yards, three touchdowns, and he had two rushing TDs. Since then, he's completed just 50% of his passes for 589 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. And that Utah defense has allowed just nine and a half points per game, and it's top 10 in yards per game this season. But this is college football. I This is a momentum kind of – this is a statement game like – David said as he's playing catch with Bobby uh, in the back. And Cody. And Cody. But, yeah, I agree with you, David. I think this is a statement game for Oregon State at home. Utah traditionally has not played great away from Salt Lake City. I don't love their quarterback situation. Give me the Beavers in this one. Now jumping to our next game, the Florida Gators traveling to Kentucky. This isn't known as a rivalry. Wait, did you take Oregon State? Taking Oregon State, okay. yes. So three Oregon States, one Utah. I, um, I can't believe. I thought I was going to be the only one to take Oregon State here when I came in with this, to be honest with you. Special. I'm not going to lie. I do have Utah written down, underlined, but I'm making a, audibles. Audibles, yeah. I love this for me. Um, I, I think love. this is a great opportunity. <laughs> Riley just got a point. <laughs> well, like I, I may not. I may have lost a point, but I think it's a good opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Florida uh, <laughs> at Kentucky. This game isn't a rivalry, but recently, uh, in recent years, it has kind of become a rivalry. Uh, Florida is riding high. They got the win against Tennessee. They kind of struggled more than people would have thought against Charlotte, but Graham Mertz looks improved. He's averaging 11 yards per throw, while Kentucky, they're 4-0, but that comes against all teams with losing records. Devin Leary hasn't looked great this year. Who do you got in this one, Kentucky at home? Yeah, you mentioned it. Well, Kentucky is undefeated. The wins they have, it hasn't been the greatest. In week two, they only beat Eastern Kentucky 28-17 to and danced around with Vanderbilt for a little while before pulling out a 45-28 to win last week. Florida feels like it should control this one on offense, unless Riley's favorite quarterback, Devin Leary, can pull off some kind of magic. Mm-mm. I really think... And 
I'm putting confidence in the Florida Gators, and I don't think that I've done that in a long, long time. But they've shown me enough so far this year that I feel like in a test against an undefeated Kentucky team going on the road, this should be an environment that Graham Mertz is able to survive in and they're able to grow from. You know, the last time I trusted the Florida Gators was versus the Utah Utes. I did too. And that didn't exactly turn out great for me. So I think, and this is one of my upsets this week, I think Kentucky's going to pull it off versus them. In the last two games Florida has played against Kentucky, Kentucky has won. Kentucky won at home in 2021, 20-13. Then last year they won 26-16. to I think Kentucky's going to pull this one off. Devin Leary, he doesn't have to have the greatest game because I think Graham Mertz is going to shut down in the environment at Kentucky. Because we see when they beat Tennessee, I think in the outside of the Tennessee game, they really have not looked good this year. They especially didn't look good last week. Scored one touch, then a bunch of field goals at the end of the game. They were just lucky that Charlotte's not good. So I think Kentucky wins this one. You know what? I forgot that like I had so much beef with Devin Leary last year, but I do remember that I like you I hated still, him. Yeah, no, because he's like a terrible quarterback, and everyone was like. <laughs> Literally just saying that he was going to win Heisman, I did not understand it. And I guess that was none of us on the show. This is the the for clarification. That was nobody on this show. Well, I know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, NC State fans were freaking out about the kid. Yeah, NC State fans talk like Panthers fans, Riley. You now see the other side of the perspective. Yeah, I see why people don't like me. Um, But that's besides (laughs) the point. We love you. I looked looked at Devin Leary's like stats for like each of the four games, and something that stuck out to me is he has not gone a game yet this year without throwing an interception. He threw two against Vanderbilt and then one interception in every other game they played. And they haven't played the best of teams. They played Ball State, which is just an NCAA 14 franchise legendary franchise right there that you can play with. That's besides the point. Um, They played Eastern Kentucky. They played Akron, who they blew out 35-3. But that doesn't, like, he's still thrown an interception in every single one of those games but but still florida should control this game like we were saying earlier florida is going to get the win here just they're more battle tested they played better teams and i don't see why they don't win if you guys want to see what madness looks like so a little peek behind the blinds I, oh i hit oh. the mic i underline the team i'm picking in red and as you can see i have both Whoa. florida and kentucky underlined then scribbled out on both sides. I've so been back and forth about five different times the system, on everyone. this game. Uh, Florida has a great defense. They're fifth naturally in total defense, allowing just 245 yards per game. But Kentucky, alongside Florida, is just one of 14 schools allowing less than 90 rushing yards per game. Devin Leary has already tied his career high in interceptions in a season in just three in just four games uh, with five interceptions. Kentucky's four zero, but that's versus three teams with losing records. Even right now, I don't know who to pick. Uh, you know what? You got a coin on you, David. I do. I've never done this before, Bum, but ba-dum. I just I can't. Would you I, like to be the one to flip it? Yeah, I mean, it's me not even it. like just a regular coin. Ladies and gentlemen, the coins here. Oh my god, it's awesome. Massive coin. Low coin right. ASMR. So yeah, the, I'll try to get it in there. I never really looked at it. It is a nice coin. All right, so the mill basketball. I'll say that's Florida, and then the logo is Kentucky. Okay. Here we go. Bing. Wait, I need to do it then. There it is. We're going Kentucky. Go Wildcats. Yeah. The coins, you, listen, you know, everybody looks at me like I'm crazy when I pull the coin out. But I prom- when you're in a scenario where you need the coin, that's the only thing that can bring you isn't comfort that with a the third, pair. Isn't I can't that, be mad. It's the coin. It's the third time the coins come out on the show, the second time this year. And what's the coin's record? 
Uh, I I'll figure go that out. We gotta, I gotta figure that out. Figure That's out. actually a good stat. We need to uh, find out what the <laughs> coin's record is. <laughs> and now uh, jumping. Oh, well, we we're okay. We can do a little over. Uh, now jumping into our next game, the Kansas Jayhawks go on the road to face the Texas Longhorns. Kansas ranked everybody's favorite team. I know David loves them. Uh, the Jayhawks are four zero. They're twenty second in the country. They have a great offense. Uh, Jalen, I'm blanking on his last Daniels. name. Jalen Daniels, fun quarterback, but Texas, they might be for real. Mm-hmm. It's in Austin. Who do you got, David? Last year, Kansas was five and zero. They played one heck of a game against Kansas State. Backup quarterback and all. Jalen Daniels got hurt. This team still fought, and they lost that one. And it was a heartbreaker for me personally, as the biggest bandwagon out there for the Kansas Jayhawks. Still on it, by the way. Had never left. But as the biggest bandwagon out there, it hurt my soul. That's one of the hardest losses that I took all year last year. Because I knew it was a winnable game. This one's not. Texas has a date with destiny. In the college football playoff. This is the year this team is going to do it. And Kansas, as much as I love them, is not going to stand in the way of Texas getting to where they need to be. Kansas is a very good team this year. So don't get that twisted. I think they're going to they're definitely going to make a ball. I think they get maybe 7 8 wins this year. This isn't one of them. Texas is going to be able to win this game. Cuz I think this is and as David just said a second ago, this team really legit chance to make the playoffs. And obviously, I don't think we've ever been able to say that about Texas, have we? They finally <laughs> not really. They yeah, finally Texas fans are kind of like Cowboys fans. fans. They this finally can... <laughs> have a real chance to make the playoffs, and I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to blow it. Give me Texas. Yeah, it's kind of it just reminds me so much of the Cowboys. It's like this is our year, this is our year, and it's never their year. It's like the same thing with Miami, but I actually do think this is Texas's year, and uh, not like to win the whole thing, but to at least make the playoffs. So I think they're just legit, and I'm not saying Kansas is a, is a bad team because they're really good, but Texas is on another level, so I got the Longhorns. Yeah, the surprising thing with Texas, their top 15 scoring defense, they hold teams at just 12.5 points per game. They allow only 2.7 yards per carry. Uh, but this Kansas offense is really good. They're top 15 in yards per game. They average 245 passing yards a game and 217 rushing yards per game. They run a lot of misdirections, a lot of fakes up the line of scrimmage, and they're just a hard team to deal with. I think there's going to be – we'll know pretty quickly in this game. It'll either be this Texas defense is – this is the best unit Kansas has played. So they'll either be too much for them at the moment or – this is probably the best offense that Texas has played against. Maybe this t- Kansas offense will be able to attack this Texas defense in ways we haven't seen this year. I still am going to take Texas. They're more complete, but I think this could be a way more competitive game than people think. For the first time ever, we're hyping up Texas beyond belief. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I've, if Texas lets us down mm-hmm. after we all finally have grabbed faith again, I, not even again, grab fate to begin with. It's it, <laughs> I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, This is interesting. Oh, wait, go, no, go Lucas. Uh, okay, well, I was just going to say, for Cody over here, bear down bets. What's interesting is I'm taking Kansas all the way on the spread. It, they're, Texas is favored by 16.5 points. Yeah. I think what do you, Kansas what do you think is favored by 16.5? You think Texas covers? Bear down bets. Oh, dropping a, Texas dropping a heater. Wow. Poked the bear. Riley poked the bear. Yeah, <laughs> Don't that's poke crazy. All right, so we're all going Texas, yeah. And then final college football pick em, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish coming off a last-second heartbreaking loss to Ohio State. 
It's going on the road to Durham to face the nerds of Duke and Garrett Riley. Who do you got in this one? I really like Riley Leonard. I think Riley Leonard. I said Garrett Riley. <laughs> I just what? realized that. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Riley is just a good name. It, it really is. There's always good Rileys out there. There really are. We got one at the table. Um. Anyways, Riley Leonard is good. I think he's a good quarterback. I think Riley Leonard has the ability to lead this Duke team to their best season in a long, long, long time. With that being said, I I just don't see Notre Dame losing twice in a row. I thought it was a really, really close game against Ohio State, a team that, despite you know people's critiques this year, is still Ohio State. They still have one of the best defenses in the country, and that pass rush even against the best offensive line, really had Sam Hartman jumping around a little bit. Duke will not be able to get Sam Hartman like that. This offensive line is going to rebound, and I don't think Duke's offense is high-octane enough to run with Notre Dame's, especially in late game. I feel really confident in this Notre Dame team still. Even after the blunders last week, I still think that this is a really good team. Sam Hartman is still a really good quarterback, and they prove it against a good Blue Devils team. You know, Notre Dame really really shattered my heart last week. I thought the Buckeyes were going down. It didn't. It didn't happen, and it really upsets me. You just said Notre Dame still a very legit team this year, but I think Duke's legit. I think they're legit this year. I think they have a really good shot to go to the ACC title game. Game day's in town. The fans are going to be really riled up. Riley Leonard, shout out to all the Rileys. He's going to be able to run on this Notre Dame defense. It's going to be a real tight one all the way through. But I think being at home, Duke's going to get another statement win this year. Give me the Blue Devils. Yeah, I was so ready to pick Duke going into this game. I was like, like last week before Notre Dame and Ohio State played, I'm like, Duke all the way in this game. This is such a trap game for Notre Dame. But going into this week, I don't see Notre Dame losing two games in a row. I thought Notre Dame was going to beat Ohio State, and they didn't. And so since they lost to Ohio State, I don't see them losing again. I got Notre Dame in this one. Notre Dame has won 29 straight regular season games versus ACC opponents. 29-0. 29 straight. That's ridiculous. It's a lot. The yeah. Ravens won 44 straight preseason games and lost straight. So. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> means something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the I'm going Empire. Notre Dame. I, 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 I think Notre Dame wins. I, I, I like Duke, but also Duke probably should have lost yeah. to, to Clemson you know, at home. Maybe so. I should stop back in the, the ACC guys. I mean, we had a car salesman sell my Clemson pick last, yeah. last week. I was the only guy to go Clemson, and then just they put a dude working in a cubicle out there to make the game-winning kick. Of course, he smokes yeah. it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, their kicker probably won't be there. I think he has some trig homework he's got to work on exactly. so yeah he won't be at the game but now we're going to jump to professional ball and we're going to start with tonight's matchup the Detroit Lions going on the road to Green Bay to face the Packers who do you got I have a question for you yeah with the rules of the pick'em okay we've never done this before but can can I get a celebrity pick uh yeah we need to keep yeah. it in-house yeah no no you got Bobby it. Phillips come up here <laughs> not him Bobby Bobby Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love. I mean, he put on a really good second half. First half didn't look good. Second half looked better. They were able to come back against a team that, frankly, couldn't figure out how to score a touchdown without Derek Carr. James Winston's stat line looked good. Didn't really pass the eye test. On the other end, you've got a team with the Detroit Lions that are on the way up. Jared Goff has looked good. This team has been scoring a lot of points. It is in Lambeau, a night environment. Bobby, I want you to—I can't decide— and I'm not going to the. We've used the coin. That's 
the coin is is has been used for this show once a show. Bobby, I want you to make this pick for me. Who you got? Well, Bobby, you know, both teams are pretty good. <laughs> wow, Lucas is lowering my mic volume. He doesn't like it. You know, I like both of these teams. I think it's going to be a really good game. But, you know, I picked Jared Goff in my preseason uh, quarterback uh, draft, I'm pretty sure. But I'm going with the Detroit Lions with this pick. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow. You heard it. I'm going Lions. Thank you, Bobby. That's Bobby's first pick ever on Sports Rap. <laughs> he brought out the soundboard just for that. Just he hasn't used it all all show just for that one. What did he play? He like from Jeopardy. <laughs> Basically, every single time you try to answer one of Dr. Walsh's questions, that's what he says. Yeah, pretty much. Oh man, good, good pick, Bobby. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to go with the Lions here in this one. You know, maybe Bobby knows something we don't. So let's go. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trusting the Bob here. Give me the Lions. I'd like to. Um, have a celebrity guest? Can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> nice. there, uh, nice. Noah Cornelius coming. No, I guess popped out the ceiling. <laughs> He's listening from the vents. Yeah. Uh, I got Lions in this one. I think they're going to win. I, I remember. I forget it. There was a stat that I had behind this, and I totally forgot it. And I meant to write it down. But yeah, I got Lions here. Go look at how efficient the Green Bay Packers offense has been this year. They are top ten in points per game, points per possession. Third down efficiency, red zone efficiency, turnovers, and touchdown percentage, and yards per completion. Give me the Packers and this well-coached team to beat the Lions at home. Jordan Love will show you the power of love and get the win this Thursday night. Now, second game in London, also being streamed uh, as an animated Toy Story game. Uh, Atlanta Falcons versus the London Jaguars. Who do you got? I'm going to take uh, Buzz Lightyear over Woody here. Okay. Um, you know, I just think a little bit more versatile skill set. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think that Jacksonville gets back on track this week. They haven't really looked like themselves, at least with what we expected coming into this year. There are a lot of high expectations, and I feel like especially Jacksonville fans – had really high expectations into this year. They were thinking that they could be 5-2 and two through the first seven games of the year. And this team, this offense, just hasn't sparked like it was. However, go back to London. I think it was London or Germany last year. Travis, or, uh, Travis London. Etienne in London had a crazy game against, I think it was the Jets. He broke out. I mean, he had a phenomenal game. Nobody could tackle him over in the U.K., I still don't think they can. And I, I think that this is where Jacksonville gets back on track. That's not to discount the Falcons because their road to where they are right now, I think a lot of people are still are surprised to see them sitting where they are in the NFC South. But I still think the Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars are better. Yeah, the Jags are playing their home away from home because it feels like they're always in the London game out there playing. So I'm also going to go with the Jaguars here in this one. I think they're going to sell out to stop this Falcons rushing attack. And you know how I feel about Desmond Ritter. If you listen to High Country Countdown, Desmond Ritter ain't no good. And I think if they force him to throw the ball, I think Jaguars are going to come out on top in this one, even though very disappointing start to the year. I have them making the playoffs, but they win this one. I got Jags in this one, but... This is so cool. Like, I'm reading about this Toy Story thing, and this is awesome. It is, awesome. It is very cool. Like, how do you do that? Like, as like I don't know how that works as a creative team. Toy Story Bowl. How That's you, why like, we talk on the radio. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it, and then, like... Our, our reigns can't figure that out. Yeah, that's crazy, because how do you do that in real live time? I, I don't know. Without, like, yeah. putting trackers on every single football player. You know what I'm saying? Like, having, like... 
I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Like, how does Andy not see them? Like, exactly. I don't know. That's, that's another why, thing. That's like, crazy. Why are they not? Yeah, bro. I have no idea. Andy <laughs> uh, Maybe that's what we find out in Toy Story Five that he knows now. <laughs> He's just part of it. I, you know, my question, do we have, like, a rendering or anything on this? Like, on this, uh... What it'll look like? Yeah. I think it'll look like... It, it'll be, like, a bunch of toy football guys, and they just have, like, the helmets of the team. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. I don't sure know. I'm not sure. NFL well, came out with the post. I'm going to pick the Jaguars, though. Uh, it's a weird home game. Like, they, they, they are London's team. Uh, they have... They have to be in London for two straight weeks. They are, they're playing again in London next week. Uh, but Jacksonville has struggled. But I think it's been more unfortunate plays and turnovers. I think this offense is very close to clicking. I think this is a major get-right game for the Jaguars. Give me them in London. Two more games to go. The best game of the weekend, probably. The Miami Dolphins coming off a 70-point showcase going up against the Buffalo Bills. It's in AFC North, no, AFC East showdown. Uh, so who you got in Buffalo? I have been the biggest supporter of the Miami Dolphins through the first three weeks of the season. I am the biggest Tua supporter that you will find out there. But this Buffalo team, I just don't know if they lose this game at home. They didn't look good against the Jets, but ever since, this team's offense has looked like it's been clicking. The defense has been doing their job. And while I don't think the defense is as good as it has been in past years, I think it's going to be good enough in in what I believe is going to be a medium to high scoring game. I think the Bills pull this one out, but I wouldn't be surprised to see 30, 40 points put up. You know, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm going to agree with David again here. I, I'm going with the Bills here. The Dolphins, I think, after last week, they're going out a bit slow this time. And I think this Bills defense is a ton better than the Denver defense. They're just going to slow down the running backs, Achan, excuse me, and Mostert just enough. And I think Josh Allen's going to have a big day. Give me the Bills. I don't know. They did give up 22 points to the Jets offense, and the Jets offense is pretty bad. Like really bad, like yeah, historically three bad. Picks. What? Three really bad picks. Josh Allen did. Oh well, that's true. Yeah, that that did happen. So, but I don't know. I, I got uh, I got the Dolphins in this one. I just think they're just unguardable right now. They're the way their receivers are with Hill and Waddle, and then you pair that with their running game the way it's running now. Because the biggest thing with the Dolphins is like they've never had a running game, so they're one dimensional. But it's working with Achan. Or it's a, he was saying that he wants to pronounce Achan now or something. Achan, yeah. yeah. Well, it is Achan. Yeah, that's how they, Achan. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess yeah. Everyone yeah. just said Achan. I think it, it's cooler to say Achan. I think so Achan yeah, sounds cool. cooler. Anymore, yeah. But. yeah, we're changing your name back. And uh, Mostert, uh, but and two is playing at an MVP level right now. So I just got I got the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins entering this game, riding high. They're number one in total yards and points per game. Put up 70 last week, obviously, but it's Bill's defense, second in the league in points per game, uh, or in yards per game. They allow the second least yards per game, and they allow just 142 passing yards per game. Another interesting stat, Miami has lost nine of their last ten matchups against the Bills. Give me the Bills at home to beat the Dolphins. Give them their first loss of the season. And to close out the show... The Oakland Raiders coming off, I don't know why I picked them, uh, lost to the Steelers at home in Sunday night or Monday night football. Or no, that was, was that? Yeah, that was Sunday night football. Yeah, that was a mm. terrible game. Um, and the Chargers, who also I don't like because both these teams just, I don't know how to pick these two teams, so I put them on here because if you can't, you don't know how to pick either of them. I, I feel like it's negatives attract and it makes a positive, so maybe I'll know how to pick it because I don't know how to pick either of them. Who do you, th- who do you think? Until Aiden O'Connell is the starter in Vegas, I refuse to talk about this trash team. Give me the Chargers. Not even close. I don't even think Staley could choke this one. This Raiders team is bad. Give me the Chargers. 
Yeah, I really hope Aiden O'Connell comes out and just plays awful <laughs> just to watch David's reaction next week. But, uh, be pissed. Or like in the week after whenever Aiden O'Connell plays. But I got the Chargers. I got the Chargers. You're underrating Brandon Staley's ability to throw a game. Uh, but, yeah, this Raiders team is nah, you don't want to <laughs> so Raiders bad. Again. You don't want to pick them again, Lucas? Their best stat. So I was just looking at, like, major stats for these two teams. Like, the Chargers stink. Like, they're 32nd in passing yards allowed, 28th in points allowed. They're 15th in rushing yards allowed. But at least they're 3rd in passing yards, 5th in scoring. The Raiders, passing yards, 14th. Rushing yards, 32nd last, 61.7. Points per game, 15, 29th. Passing yards allowed, 15th. Rushing yards allowed, 127, 21st. Points allowed, 24th, 25.7. This team is so bad, and then they just checked one of their best players into a mental hospital. Give me the That's Chargers tough. in this game. I think uh, also, by the way, Lucas, for Pickums. Yeah. I think I, I like the Lions, Packers, Falcons, Jaguars, Dolphins, Bills. But I think a really good game to pick this week, and it's no one's going to talk about it because they're so bad, but Broncos-Bears is like, who do you pick? You know what I'm saying? Like That's a tough game to pick. I we think that's a good throw one. It in. <laughs> Broncos Bears can can neither win. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm thinking. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to pick that game. I, that's that's a little bit too much brain power going to two teams that I couldn't care less about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll do it then. We got our picks. We got through the the App State game. Uh, we went a little over, but we we'll just s- need an extra ten minutes, y'all. Yeah. No, I mean eight minutes over in a bit. There ain't no sure. one waiting on us. <laughs> but now I'll do it. For another episode of Sports Wrap, <laughs> but before we go, we got shout outs. David, you want to get us started? Yeah, shout outs to my friends and family who are listening back home up here in Boone and in Charlotte. Quick shout out to my grandma as well. She's able to tune in for her second show, so very glad that you've been able to listen to it. And as always, a shout out to Lucas's grandmother because by the end of this show, we are we're gonna be best we're gonna be besties. Yeah. We're gonna be besties. It's gonna happen. And also, I got one more shout out to Emma Dale and Sasha Swift for coming out tomorrow, and we'll be doing a recorded broadcast yes. of yeah. our flag football game that we will try and flag? clip together for y'all. We have flags. Uh, we got dish rags. It's gonna be real professional. Oh, we're actually playing flag. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. We're not playing any any two hand touch stuff. I, I don't I don't want this controversy here. Okay. Oh, well, we got flag. All right. Shout out to my mama who actually is listening along tonight. I had to remind her to listen along, but she is finally listening in, and my sports shout-out's got to go, too, because this is the week, Lucas. Guess who's back? It's Bryce Young. Panthers are winning. They're going to beat They're gonna beat the Vikings now. Sorry, I couldn't hold it. It's Bryce Young time. It's Bryce Young. Let's go. Shout out to Bryce, shout out to Bryce Young. Getting the first dub of the season for the Panthers. It's coming in. Lucas, Ry- Lucas is going to be very not upset. A good time. Lucas is going to be upset when the Panthers get that dub. Keep pounding. Oh, man. Wow. That was embarrassing. <laughs> I, 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 we are not we're not doing anything. This I'll be at the game, and I will be looking for the beer and, and anything else that that can you know what I'm saying like I will not He's be a pain you know? yeah like any anything that like you know like gets me out of my seat and walking around the stadium that'll probably be better than actually watching us lose. But um, that's besides the point. Um, shout out Grammy. And Grandpa listening back home, and I don't know if anyone else is listening, but you are. If you are, then that'd be great. And Sasha, Sasha, I think might be listening. So, yeah, shout out to them. And Bryce Young, hopefully you can get your head knocked off. Shout out to my grandma, of course, and all my friends and family listening. Shout out to David's grandma and Gam Gam. That's right, Gam Gam. All the grandmas, shout them all out. Uh, and then shout out to Cody and Bobby for Woo. Woo. joining in. Bobby a shout out. <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, anti-Bobby shout-out. No, 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 no. You know, I'm, I'm shouting out Bobby. Yeah, I'm shouting out Bobby. Bobby gets the shout-out. Also, shout-out to my flag football team because we're going to win tomorrow uh, against David's squad. But that'll do it for another episode of Sports Wrap. I'm your host, Lucas Warren, joined by David Katzmeyer, Ryan Hendricks, and Riley Carlson. I'll send you back to your regularly scheduled music. Lights, camera, action. Have you watched our friends at AppTV yet? AppTV is in the same building here on campus with WASU-FM in the Beasley Media Complex. AppTV has student-made content from sports to news to video game reviews. AppTV is on SkyBest Channel 20 or 1020, Spectrum Charter Channel 198, and Channel 23.3 on campus. Or the AppTV website, watchapptv.com. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, 24K Golden. We're from the band Coldplay. We're Foster the People. And we are WASU, the App FM. 90.5 WASU, the App FM. App State's New River Light and Power Green Power Program brings clean, climate-friendly energy to the high country. Renewable sources of energy replace carbon-based electric use, lowering our carbon footprint, and helping to protect the environment. The power is yours. Learn more about the Green Power Program today at nrlp.appstate.edu. Lights, camera, action. Have you watched our friends at AppTV yet? AppTV is in the same building here on campus with WASU-FM in the Beasley Media Complex. AppTV has student-made content from sports to news to video game reviews. AppTV is on SkyBest Channel 20 or 1020, Spectrum Charter.